God, we have come to meet with you here in this place. And God, I thank you for the warmth of this building and the reminder it is, God, just the warmth of fellowship when we get to come and participate in the body of Christ. And Lord, in a profound and, um, and deeply mystical way, God, this morning we get to participate in communion. And I just pray, Lord, that as we move forward with this this morning of being together, God, that you would meet us here in a very real sense. Uh, we thank you, God, that you do heal uh, with gentleness. And, uh, Father, we trust you this morning. We proclaim um, just our, our belief in you, our faith, that you know what you're doing. We praise you, God, that you're in a love relationship with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this morning is going to be um, just a little bit different in that we're going to have communion and uh, have some sharing, and we're going to look at the scriptures together, and we're going to sing some more, and we're going to kind of just mix all of that together. Uh, If you would, just take a moment and just kind of, you may have to get out of your seat a little bit, but turn around and uh, introduce yourself to someone, wish them a Merry Christmas. I want to welcome you to to Neighborhood Bible Church. If this is your first time, especially, there's a there's a card in front of your seat that uh, you can use either as a communication card if you have a message for the staff or a prayer request or a need or an idea or uh, just kind of whatever. You can use that card as a as a means of communicating um, just with with those of us here in leadership uh, for the elders for the staff. Um, just tell Carol what a great job she's doing. Whatever you want to do, you can you can write that on the card. And if you're a visitor or new with us or have never filled one out in this way, we'd love to just get to know you. You can fill out your name and email address, and we'll just keep you posted on what's going on with the church and answer any questions that you may have about God, about spirituality, um, about what this church is all about and what we're doing here. Uh, this morning, kids, we're going to dismiss you in just a little bit, um, but uh, what we have this morning is um, we're basically going to be taking communion together, and um, I'm, I'm afraid sometimes what happens in, uh, in, in things like communion and baptism and even worship singing and, and different things is the traditions and the meanings get lost over time. Um, I want to ask you a question. How many of you, just by, by raise of hands, how many of you can remember what you got for Christmas when you were seven years old? Raise your hands if you can remember what you got for Christmas when you were seven years old. Okay. All right, now leave them up for one second. I want to see them high and, and proud. Okay, look around you for a second. Bradley, how old are you? Seven. She's seven, so it's a little bit... I threw this challenge a little bit, but here we have... I'm really impressed that we have some people. I, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, what did you get for Christmas when you were seven? A play kitchen. A play kitchen. You have an awesome memory. That's impressive. I got a Lego set. A Lego set. Yes. Richard. His first bike. Now that one, I think I remember. Yeah. Baseball glove. All right. Now the rest of you kids, here's why I'm not asking you. It's just not fair because it was a few days ago for my daughter, Briley. Um, and and uh, for the rest of us, I really have no idea what I got for Christmas when I was seven because so much time has gone by, right? And as time goes on, we tend to forget things. Here's what we're doing with communion. Uh, communion probably one of its more famously known elements is that it's a time of remembrance and that we're called to remember. And I just want to put this out to you, whether you're a Christian here this morning and know the Bible well and would claim to be a follower of Christ or whether you're brand new to this and don't really understand it or haven't read the Bible, I would just 
put this out to you, that the Bible actually calls Christians to remember. If there's anyone in society who ought to be really, really good at remembering, it ought to be the followers of Jesus Christ. Because we're actually commanded to remember. And if you read the Bible, if you take the Bible and you were to just read it cover to cover, uh, you would discover that, that we're, we're called to remember and that God's people have always been called to remember. If you read the Old Testament, what happens is you begin to get into these different festivals and you begin to get in these different celebrations that God put in place and remembrances and all these different elements even. And all of those are, are in some ways calls to remember and they're, they're put there in place to remind you of something. I don't know where this got started, but where you tie a string around your finger, I never really do that. I just punch it into my you know, electronic gizmo and it reminds me. But we all have our ways of, of trying to remember something. And when something's really, really important to us, we go, man, I just can't forget this. And sometimes a physical element is really, really good to remind you and go, oh, yeah. And it's tangible and you can touch it. In communion uh, and in observing communion this morning, we're called to remember all that Jesus Christ did for us. Christmas is a celebration really about remembering why he came and celebrating that fact and recounting the story and thinking on the story and all these different things. Rob brought this image up that our family's just been chewing on and this beautiful picture of the fact that we adorn our house with lights to just remember that, that God is the light of the world and he sent Jesus to be the light of the world and to show us the path home. So there's all these things in Christmas. Think about this. Starting with the Old Testament, on and through the New Testament, we're called to remember the Sabbath. That's not just an Old Testament idea, it's a New Testament idea. And the word Sabbath really just means rest. And we're called to observe that and remember that. We're called to remember our Creator. If you read many of the Psalms, they're really about reminding us of the wonders of our Creator. And it's a call to remember our Creator and wonder at our Creator. We're told to remember the poor. We're told to remember the foreigners among you. Isn't it easy to forget? Just get on your track. I've got to get to the store. I've got way too much to do. Excuse me. I'm on a mission. The turkey's going. Whatever. And it's easy to sometimes get in our ruts and forget the poor. Forget the widows. Forget the foreigners that are living among us and could get taken advantage of. 1 Corinthians 11.24, it says, And when he had given thanks, talking about Jesus, he broke it, talking about the bread, representing his body, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what we're going to do this morning is this. I have three elements that the scriptures tell us why we're celebrating communion, why we come together, and why we come around what's sometimes referred to as the Lord's Supper. And we're just going to look at each of those. We're going to interact with each of those a little bit. <clears throat> and what's really fascinating is that if, as you look at this, there's a, there's a looking back past element to this. There's, there's a present day element to what we're doing with communion. And then there's a forward looking future element to communion. Here they are. Ready? Remember me is what we're talking about right now. That's looking back. We're also told to examine ourselves. That's a present-day reality. We're not just to take the blood and body of Christ and flippantly, irreverently remember, oh yeah, Jesus died on a cross. I'll go about my life. No, we're told to examine ourselves. 
And then at the, the end of the service, we're going to talk about the fact that every time we eat this bread and drink this juice, we are proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. And it's a proclamation. It's a forward-looking element to it. So you guys tracking with me? Past, present, future. Here's what I want to do with you. Um, just again, I, we had a great time on Christmas Eve. It was so fun to see you guys on Christmas Eve. We had a great crowd and the kids were here and, and Grandpa John Garza, I know, yeah, yeah, but he came and read a story and I almost went and got my blankie. I mean, I was just, it was cozy. It just felt really fun to see all of you on Christmas Eve and, and just that anticipation. Ben talked about anticipation and here Christmas was the next morning. And it just felt like family time. And I, I want to just encourage this morning to be family time where um, I'm going to ask you to share. And some of you may feel like you want to share and some of you may not feel like you want to share. Here's what I'd, here's what I'd propose. As coming together as the gathered saints, we, we, we really are to proclaim and talk about and discuss our lives as Christians. Most Sundays, as you know, in many churches across our nation, it's one guy like me yapping at a bunch of people facing me. Periodically at our church, we like to do weird things like take all the chairs and point them at each other. Like we're just around a giant table eating a meal together the way a family would do. This morning as, we, as we're called to share and called to remember and called to look ahead, here's what I would say to you. Some of you love to give oral reports in school growing up. And when it came to written reports, you're like, eh, don't want to do that. If you can't guess, that was me. I definitely like the oral report over the written. Some of you are like, man, I would write a manifesto before I had to give a two-second uh, oral report of any kind whatsoever. For that second camp that I want to just say this, if your heart's pounding and you feel like God just has like, you're like, man, I need to share this with the family and, and yet I don't want it to be about me or I'm nervous or whatever else. Here's what I want to put in, in your brain at the start of this morning. So often, I cannot tell you how many times over the years I've heard this, someone on this side of the room is sharing. And they go, man, I don't even know why I shared. I don't stand up and share anything. That was out of my character. And a week later or five minutes later, I hear about someone in this corner of the room who goes, man, two weeks ago we had that sharing time and -and so-and-so shared that thing. God just used that. And they have no idea what they did, but that was right where I was at. That encouraged my faith so much that if she can do it, I knew I could do it. And God kept calling that to mind. Think about the word share. Not in the get up and stand and share a testimony, but just sharing with people. Taking what you have and willingly saying, no, I want you to have some of this. So at the start of the morning, I don't want to guilt or manipulate anyone into sharing. And frankly, if none of you share out loud... Fine, I love to talk. (laughs) But what I do want to put in your mind is this, is that maybe this isn't for you. Maybe this is for someone else in the body that just needs to hear the struggle, the success, the joy, the prayer request, the freedom that you've tasted and experienced. So enough on that. Remembering is important because as we just sang, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. That's from the song, Come Thou Fount. And I can sing that part with passion because I just go, Lord, why is it? Why is it that I'm prone to wander? You're the best thing that's ever happened to me, bar none. 
And yet I sometimes run from you, hide from you, distrust you. The Bible uses this metaphor. It says this, all of us, all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We've wandered from the shepherd. So we're all in the same boat here this morning. So if you come in here and maybe sometimes church upbringing can call to mind shame and I don't want to stir up those kinds of things. That's why a lot of people avoid church, frankly. But instead, what if this was just family time and say, man, I I really need this group of people's help. (laughs) So as we remember, as we share, let's remember that. Think about this, the idea that wonder. Just think back, for those of you who are in a love relationship with God, think about that almost infatuation stage of having your eyes open to that reality and being just in love with God and really coming to terms with the fact that God loves you. God is crazy about you and went to exceedingly great lengths to show you and to come after you. And the wonder that that stirs up in us, the awe that 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 stirs up in us. Here's why remembering is so important. Here's why this morning is so very important. Wonder can turn to wander. All you have to do is add the the ingredient of time. And your wonder begins to just turn to wander. And you can even start to wonder, why am I going to church today? Why am I picking up my Bible? Why am I living? what, What is all this? So this morning is just really a call to remember and to remind one another. Genesis talks about beginnings. You're going to start a Bible reading program. Sometimes I dissuade people from saying start in Genesis and go all the way through because they hit Leviticus. They go, this is too hard and I'm going to try again next year. But I would challenge you, go read the book of Genesis. There's a lot of answers to the things we're thinking about and searching for and wondering about right in the book of Genesis. Genesis, in the first three chapters, you know what you get? You get the beginning, the very beginning, the creation of all that we see and know and taste and smell and touch. And the Bible talks about beginnings, and the Bible also talks about an enemy. The Bible talks about a choice. The Bible talks about a fall. And right from the very beginning, you see God in this broken relationship with mankind begin to set in motion a plan of restoration a plan of restoring and bringing back and renewing. On the cover of your bulletin this morning is this idea of all things new. There's a song that we're going to sing in a few minutes called Song of Hope. And the second verse says this, all things new, I can start again. The great news of the gospel is you don't have to wait until the eve of a year change to start over to start fresh, to start new. I've been car shopping lately, and um, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a bizarre love-hate relationship with me. I don't car shop very often because we tend to keep our cars for a long time. But our car, uh, as many of you know, <laughs> seized and uh, is no longer with us. It's with us in body but not in spirit, which is the most important part I discovered. Um, so I've been going to these different places, and it's just amazing. I mean, I said this before, but really, if you're feeling lonely, go car shopping, because you'll have people texting you and calling you, and, how are you doing, Dave? And, I mean, they want to know everything about me, and, hey, this is Glenn. I mean, they'll just do first-name basis, and you just really feel like somebody. It's, it's a great, great feeling. Not really. 
But as you go around and you car shop, what happens is this. You realize they're trying to, you know, a lot of people um, really get sucked into the emotion of it and the new car smell and how swanky it looks. And, wow, there's not a single ding on this one. And we're used car shopping, so it's not like they get to show us one with no dings all the time. So what I started doing with these people is I said, look, um, I want to see the car before you get it dealered, you know, dealered up and prettied up. I want to see it as it comes in before you take it to the detailing shop because I just want to see what you're trying to hide, basically. And a lot of these guys were letting me do that, and I was starting to see it a little bit before it got, you know, uh, all cleaned up and stuff. When I came in test drove cars, I actually brought weak old French fries and crushed them into the ground. I wanted to see how they, you know, how they smushed, and I spilled things. I just poured things around the car, and I said, I hope you don't mind, but this is how it's going to happen in my car anyway, so I might as well check it out. I don't really do that. (laughs) But they, they probably wouldn't call me back if I did that. Here's the thing. I think sometimes we even get a car, an an inanimate object like a car. And honestly, I mean, what are we hoping for the relationship with this car? I mean, that it's going to be with us forever? You know, that it's going to be a lifelong friend? What happens is this. Let's say I bought a new car uh, today, tomorrow, and I drive it off the lot. What happens to it? It gets less valuable, right? Immediately. And then what happens two months later and three years later? Every day that happens after that, it's winding down. Right. And so what happens is, is that we go and buy and get something new and it just starts to depreciate. (laughs) And I began to liken that to Genesis. The Genesis account was here's a brand new, perfect, spotless garden, new car smell. Maybe it didn't have new car smell, but you get the idea. And it was perfect because of a choice in the Garden of Eden a choice to disobey God and go our own way, mankind ever since then has been depreciating and going downhill and things need to get fixed. And you have high, I just have high hopes for this car. Please just work every single time I put my key in it. Don't ever falter. I know that's a pipe dream, right? It's a car. It's going to stop working at some point. Then I began to say, what if you could take the idea of grace? What if you could take the idea of the gospel and overlay it on your car? You know what it would be? God's mercies are new every morning. What if every morning it was a fresh coat of paint in your garage, on your car? The radiator never goes bad because it's constantly being renewed. You have a brand new zero miles engine every few hours. And what if we could just have, and that, you know, your car now has eternal life, right? Now think about that with us. When I look at certain people's lives, you know what I see? I look into their life. I look into their marriage. I look into their family. I look into the way they carry themselves. And I go, man, there's just no secret to that kind of rejuvenation, renewal, and new life that's just always there. There's no secret where that comes from. That's the eternal life God is offering us. Redeem. Restore. Don't turn there, but just Isaiah 42.9. If you want to go back and read this later on, you can. But it talks about the fact that the old things have passed away, and behold, new things are coming. You know what it was talking about? It was, it was hearkening to Jesus Christ's birth, which we just got done celebrating. And it was written 700 years before it occurred. It goes on to talk about singing a new song. And I just want to Think about that as we move forward this morning. Psalm 77.11 says this. I'm going to ask in just a moment for those of you who would, who would decide to. 
to just share this. Has God been good to you? If so, how? Looking back, maybe not just on 2008, but it is good. This is the last Sunday of the year together before we, we turn over to 2009. Has God been good to you this year? Hopefully you've had time to think on that and reflect on that, even talk about that as a family. Listen to Psalm 7711. Again, just by way of encouragement. Here's the psalmist saying this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. There's that word again. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Here's what I want to invite you to do right now. I want to invite you to, to right where you are. You can just pop your hand up. You can stand up. You can stay sitting down. Whatever keeps your heart rate to a safe level would be good. But I want, to just, I want to just hear testimony of what God's done. You know what? It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be long. You can hearken back to the fact of a, of a miracle that, that God sent His Son, and that just pumps you up, and that totally excites you. It can be something real specific about your life. But right now, I just want to open it up. Band, if you would, go ahead and make your way back to the front. And uh, I want to just see um, some hands, some people standing up. Share with us what God's done. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 11:28 says this, A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Context there is talking about communion. And just when we gather as saints, when we gather as God's people to celebrate communion, there ought to be an element of examination that goes on. And notice that this isn't a man ought to examine his spouse or examine his neighbor. There's a time for loving your neighbor, but this isn't examining your neighbor this is ourselves, and so this is, a, this is a time and a season. We celebrate this a lot of different ways here at Neighborhood, but this morning, I want to just allow this morning, uh, right now, for you to just have a few moments. Um, and sometimes a prayer like this just is real good prompt for this, to allow the Holy Spirit to just kind of move and just say, God, what is it in my life that, that troubles you? Is there a relationship right now that's, that's in my life that, that I know isn't right, that I know I need to take action on, that I know I need to make things right? And if so, would you bring that to mind? Would you call that to mind? The idea of examination is to look at, to check, to consider, to test. Sometimes it's blatant and it's right in front of your face and you know full well what it is. But rather than just make a game of this, rather than just make a mock of it and say, well, we'll just do this kind of religious surfacey exterior, that doesn't get to the heart of what God wants. I said earlier that wonder can turn to wander, and the beauty of the cross is that instead of shoving things aside, instead of pushing things off, in the cross, really, Jesus is inviting us to bring things into the light and examine them. It's very unbiblical for us to say, well, I'm going to mind my own business and not be involved and not open our lives to people around this community. We're to walk in the light as God is in the light. And sometimes that means bringing dark things into the light and saying, I need to deal with this junk. God, I need to come to the cross afresh and say, man, I've got to own up to my part in what's going on. I would just invite you to do this as we play a couple of songs. There's two different areas. We could probably go on for a little while with just hearing from you. What, what things are we to examine? 
I kind of broke it into two categories. We're going to sing a song called Break My Heart. And in the song Break My Heart, I would say this. Examine your thoughts. Examine your dreams. Examine your priorities. And examine your desires. Just pray this prayer. God, is there any wayward desire in my life? Is there any wayward dream that somehow is up here above my way? Dave just spoke to Sam. Man, I want to find out what God's will is, whatever that may be. And God doesn't give us the full deck at a time. He gives us one card at a time. But examine that as we sing the song, Break My Heart. The second song we're going to sing is a song called, Give Us Clean Hands. And in Give Us Clean Hands, I would say examine these kinds of things. Examine your actions. What have these hands been up to? What have your eyes been up to? What has you, your mouth been all about lately? Examine your attitudes. Examine your relationships. Examine your finances. Examine the resource of time and health. God, I have energy today. God, you spared my family from a car wreck last night. You must want us to do something with our energy and with the ten fingers that you've given me that I can still use. So just lay that before God. He's a good God. He's a good Father. I'll warn you, sometimes it gets a lot harder before it gets easier, doesn't that? In relationships that aren't right, it gets a lot harder before any good starts to come of it. So if you go to it with, I want a quick fix of things I don't like, you'll be disappointed. But if you want to live life and work with God in this restoration process, in what He's doing, bring it into the light. Right now as we sing, I won't be offended if you don't sing words if you're examining your life. Take some time with just you and God as we sing these songs. The Lord's Supper is simple. It's Jesus didn't make it difficult. Sometimes we use different things to help us remember. You know, we use images, we use pictures, uh, we use phrases. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally is a math Helping remember, parentheses, exponents, multiplication. If you want to know more about it, just come ask me later. Um, But Jesus used a picture. And I want to read out of the book of Mark. He's sitting down with his disciples. And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And gave it to his disciples saying, take it. This is my body. It wasn't literally his body. It was just bread. What you're getting passed out right now is not Jesus' body. It does not become Jesus' body. It's just bread. But every time we look at it, every time you sit and hold it, it's supposed to be a reminder. We just talked a lot about remembering. A lot of people got up and shared things that they wanted to remember. This is something to help you remember. Every time you look at bread, you remember, hey, this is what God did for me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Again, This is not Jesus' blood. It does not become Jesus' blood. This is a reminder. 
This is something for you to look at. Say, Jesus spilt his blood for me. Jesus' body was broken for me. There is an element of remembering. There is an element of sitting and examining, as we all just did during those last couple songs. And then Dave, is, in a couple minutes, is going to talk about the future. Proclaiming. That's what Paul says in Corinthians, that every time you take it, you proclaim his death. So let's take of it together, this body that was broken for us. Right now, as you look at it, just pray with me. God, we are so thankful that you gave yourself, broke yourself for us. And God, as we take these elements, I just pray that you will just help us remember. Help us not forget what you have done for us, what you have given up for us, so that we could be clean, so that we could be whole. In Jesus' name. Let me read that again. When we were, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. Take it now as a family. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them. And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Take and remember the blood that was spilled. I love one last little thing that Mark includes. He says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So right after they took the blood, the cup, the bread. They sang a hymn. So let's sing a hymn together. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I just want to take a few more minutes as we wrap up the service, and I want to ask this question, what is it that you are looking forward to? And sometimes we think about that very, very small. And we think too small in this realm. We think, well, in 09, it'd be nice if this, this, or this. But it says we're to set our minds on things above. And not live life just kind of under this sun. But to lift our eyes and to, to set our hearts on things above. I'll tell you some of the things that I'm looking forward to are just in a general sense that rights are wrong. I think about the fact that what if, what if there were no more orphans? What if orphanage agencies and adoption agencies totally went out of business? It was gone, done. What if there were just relationships that were no longer filled with suspicion, no longer feared, filled with selfishness? What if I never had to plan a memorial service again? You know what? I'm looking forward to that day. I really am. Maybe you want to just make a statement of faith. Do you know that proclaiming the Lord's death becomes just a simple proclamation of faith? Dave, again, I just love what you said. I do believe in God. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm standing even. 
Just the fact that we say these things, it's a statement of faith. Maybe you want to finish this sentence, I believe. And just a simple statement. I believe in the message of the cross. That's a statement of faith. That's a future-looking, anticipation kind of proclamation. We're about to sing a song in a few moments that says this, One day, not yet, but one day every tongue will confess. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly praise you now. How about it? What are you looking forward to? God, I can't wait for. Finish that sentence. Maybe you just want to finish the sentence, I believe. Lord, write this wrong. Whatever it is. Whatever wrong there is, write it please. I'm looking forward to that day when that's no longer an issue. Who would share? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Not just necessarily in 2009. Being done with school. Amen to that. <laughs> I think there's no more tears in heaven, so there must be no more testing. That's my theory. What else? A better life. life. Come that you may have full life. Yeah. When the Lord comes back. Absolutely. What else? Yeah. To ask Him questions. Won't that be great? That would be awesome. What are you looking forward to? It's been a good morning to just recalibrate for me personally recalibrate what i'm looking forward to recalibrate what's really really important to me right now as we sing i'm going to pray and a part of our worship as a regular basis as you know is just offering and i want to just ask god's blessing on that right now and then i want to invite you after i'm done uh praying to stand up and we'll sing this song together god thank you for the promises in the bible God, I thank you that you have invited us up to your table. And as we sang about earlier, you have an endless bounty of life, of soul-sustaining food and drink. And you've thrown the gates wide open to the highways and to the byways and to the least of society to say, come on in. Your sins are forgiven. Follow me. And then you take us on a journey, God, that isn't easy, that's winding and difficult and confusing and lonely and painful, but also joy-filled and hope-filled because we know that you are coming back again. And God, collectively, we have our hopes set on you. Not on what we lost in the stock market this year, Not in the relationships that are fading. Certainly not in our cars that are winding down. But God, our hopes and our fulfillment can only be found in you. And God, as a part of our worship, I pray this year, unlike any other, we would sacrifice, not just financially, but to put a grid in our life that says, this money, this time, this health, this body, This mind is all for the kingdom's purpose. And while there's a day coming when all things will be made new and it will remain new for eternity, in the meantime, you've called us to help usher that in.
So, Father, would you let it start in me? Would you let it start in us? The righting of wrongs. Dancing, as we sing sometimes, upon injustice. Father, we need your help. We need your wisdom and guidance. Lord, even with directions, as we think as a church, God, where do you want to use us? What have you placed us here in this neighborhood for? And God, I praise you for how you've led, and we know that you'll continue to lead us in the future. Bless both the gift and the giver this morning as we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can just remain standing. Awesome time uh, together. Be sure and meet someone new if you don't know someone near you. And uh, next week, believe it or not, we'll do this all over again. 10.30, uh, bring a friend, and uh, you are dismissed. Thank a child worker.